season like no other, the champions have been able to Hello and welcome to your Friday morning on the Sports Desk. It's Sam back again here with you on your Friday morning uh, for a preview, a whole big weekend of sport. And joining us, of course, is Jay and brand new sports host, uh, Jack. Welcome to the show, Jack. Uh, Thank you very much. We'll start off with you. What's a bit of your sporting background? I mean, what what teams do you follow and uh, how did you get involved with your sport? Well, I'm just a diehard sports fan. I'll watch everything and anything as long as it's got a score and a time. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love my footy. I'm a big Tigers fan. So let's not mention the past few weeks. Um, <laughs> in the NBA, I follow basically everyone who isn't Kevin Durant. And that's about it. I'm a bit of a cynic when it comes to my sport, but that's it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, then. <laughs> There's another tiger. Um, Jay is already, of course, a tiger as well. So, good start. <laughs> well, how's your week been? Um, what's some exciting things you've seen over the the last week in sport? Well, um, I've been watching the NBA nonstop over the past few days, and I'm loving what Dallas are doing with Luca Luca Magic, if you will. Um, he's awesome, and I'm just obsessed with him at the moment. But I'm also well, apart from uh wednesday i'm also been obsessed with how steph curry's got him what's that like 43 pointers in the past month which is just godlike okay awesome i can't wait to delve into that when we speak a little bit more about the nba jay what's been exciting for you this week oh major things i guess from a tiger's perspective like that riley collier dawkins is going to be playing this week after mm-hmm. three years on the list he's finally getting a go so that's what i'm excited about sam okay Awesome. All right, well, let's get straight into the, the sport news over the week. Uh, I'll start with this one. Adelaide 36's point guard, uh, Josh Giddy has officially declared he will nominate for the 2021 NBA draft. The teenager, originally from Melbourne, has played 23 games for the Sixers this season. After opting uh, against college basketball in the United States, he has been tipped to be taken as early as pick 13 in the, uh, in the draft. Uh, but with eight games left in the NBL season, experts predict he could climb even higher, adding to his credentials. Giddy made his his history earlier this week when he became the youngest Australian player to record a triple-double in the NBL. He finished with 12 points, 10 assists and 10 rebounds. In the Sixers, a loss to New Zealand in Tasmania on Monday. Uh, Those close to him see similarities with the game style of Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic. What are your thoughts, guys, on um, Josh Giddy? We'll start with you, Jay. Yeah, I've been reading a little bit about him. Um, they're sounding like he could almost get into the lottery, should be a bigger thing for him. Um, as you said before, he's uh, triple-double the youngest player to do that in the NBL. Looks like he's going to win Rookie of the Year as well in the NBL, so he's got a lot of credentials already. Um, 203-centimeter point guard, pretty big boy, so... Um, Definitely excited to see you get into the NBA. Um, you, I'm the same. So I absolutely love it. Um, it's awesome 
to see that some of these guys, I know he is Australian, but he's, he's like an, another Lamelo ball. I mean, guys choosing not to go to college and instead earn a bit of money playing some pro ball somewhere. And then it's, well, clearly the um, the recruiters are loving watching guys play up against big guys, much older than them, much bigger than them, much more experienced than them. It's um, setting him up for a much better career in the NBA than if he went on and played college ball. Nice. Nice one. Okay. Next story. The AFL has fined a GWS Sydney, uh, sorry, Greater Western Sydney $20,000 in the wake of the club's general manager of football, Jason McCartney, approaching umpires during last Friday night's match against the Bulldogs in Canberra. The incident, uh, a breach of the AFL rules, occurred at halftime in the round six, ma- round, sorry, round six match at Monica Oval, which the Bulldogs won by 39 points. McCartney was reportedly upset by the free kick count that heavily favoured uh, the Bulldogs in the opening two quarters. The Giants were trailing by eight points at halftime. Uh, he said, I ended un- reservedly apologise and accept responsibility for my actions on Friday night, McCartney said in a giant statement. Uh, Jay, do you think the fine was well um, deserved? $20,000 for the club? It is a hefty fine, but um, they've been dishing out a few big ones like Collingwood when they got the phone thing. That was twenty grand or so. So it just shows they're not willing to you know, let these sort of things go. They're serious to the AFL. So if that's the fine they want to give, then that's that's their decision. And there was a there was a close one. I think he got fined as well. I'm not sure. Lockie Neal, uh, he, he touched mm. touched the umpire to, just to show him that uh, he had a blood nose. Do you think that was a bit harsh, or I mean, it it, it didn't look. I I guess it did. I did. They've just got to have a blank rule. Um, mm. Going to be black and white with it, and I agree. the umpire. So. I agree. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's weird, you know. I guess they have to. They can't make exceptions for every time the player has an excuse. So I guess they have to be harsh on him to be harsh on others. If that makes sense. Yep, fair enough. Uh, English football uh, is uniting to boycott social media for four days in response to uh, relentless online ab- abuse of players. The blackout of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram will begin 3 p.m. English time on Friday, uh, midnight our time, and last until Monday, covering a full round of games in the men's and women's professional leagues. Clubs across the Premier League, English Football League, Women's Super League, and Women's Championship will switch off their Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts to emphasis that social media companies must do more to eradicate online hate, the FA as well as the player, manager and referee bodies and anti-discrimination group Kick It Out will follow suit. Several Premier League stars have been targeted recently by online abusers and former star Thierry Henry has quit social media as a result. Have you guys noticed an increase of online abuse towards players? And what's your overall thoughts on it? Um, I don't... I think there's always been abuse towards online players. I think... Well, everything is going on with a lot of the English footy right now, English football and a lot of the European leagues, is that what happened with the Super League, it's kind of emphasised how much hate there is out there for a lot of these players who get a lot of, don't get me wrong, they get paid a fortune for what they do. But they online haters can't go after their race and other factors like that. They need to just keep it about the sport. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to agree with Jack. Um, it's just, you'd rather than... You know, you can criticise them for the way they play. That's that's fair game. They all understand that. But when you go on against their personality, that's another level of abuse that shouldn't really be tolerated in any sport or anywhere around the world. So that's my opinion. Okay, yeah. And it's good to see, 
um, they're making a stand because sometimes these social media companies can really blatantly do nothing and get away with doing nothing uh, with some of these things. So it's good to see uh, changes in that way and hopefully it does force a change um, going forward in the future to protect um, some of these players because um, they are humans after all with feelings and emotions like all of us. So um, deserve to be looked after. Um, next story, the NRL continues to push for splitting into two conferences despite concerns. While stressing no concrete decisions have been made, ARL Commissioner Pete uh, Beatty uh, said the two-conference model is idea part of the NRL's mantra to continually look for uh, innovative ways to make the sport better. The NRL has been pitching to clubs on the potential of splitting the competition into conferences in what would be one of the biggest restructures of the game's history. As part of the long-term expansion plans being explored, several NRL clubs, including the Dragons and Eels, have been pitched the concept with a variety of proposals. Uh, one is that two geographically dictated uh, conferences comprised of Sydney and non-Sydney-based sides has been discussed during club visits made by ABDO and the ARLC chairman uh, over the past two months. What do you think of this new changes? Um, talk of the Super League. I, and all of this is just suddenly every league in the world is going to restructure their whole entire competition for some reason. Um, but what are your overall thoughts on the conference system? A bit similar to the NBA style of things and the uh, NFL. Um, I think it's, I don't know, with NRL, I mean, I think it works well in the NBA because America is such a big country to split them, it makes sense. But, I mean, for the NRL, I don't think it is necessary in my opinion. I think the way it is is fine. People, I'm sure, are happy with the way it is now, but um, I feel like it's a bit of a money thing or whatever they're trying to do. But... I don't know. It's up to them, I guess. I I'm, I agree. I think it's just um, for a, for a country so small and for a population size that we're not that big. And I assume it's for a bedrock to um, create more teams in the future, so they can have bigger conferences going like that. But isn't that the problem with the AFL as well? Aren't we going to dilute the talent talent pool even more? Hmm. Um, I just don't see it going to, I don't see it working. I mean, the NRL's already had criticism for not exciting enough games, like talent being stretched already. If they add more teams because of this, it's just going to get even worse. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. I think, uh, yeah, it's a bit crazy if they, um, almost seems like a, the sake of changing it just to, to change it. Sometimes these <laughs> personnel in uh, higher authority, sometimes they just want to stamp their name um, by doing something big. Uh, and uh, yeah, as you say, I think this is just totally unnecessary. Uh, there's different ways to expand the competition that they don't have to do it this way. And uh, yeah, you miss teams, you know, playing against each other. I don't know. I I enjoy the way it is at the minute where you can have you know, you know, a team from Queensland play someone or Melbourne. It it's just yeah, I, I think. It would be wrong to touch it and change what's already been pretty successful. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't see. Yeah. I mean, um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last story here, have been lots of talk about it, uh, an update just uh, yesterday. But uh, AFL to deduct Port Adelaide four premiership points if they wear their prison bar Guernsey, according to a report by Adelaide's 5AA radio. <laughs> I can see you face palming, Jay. <laughs> Um, if they wear the jumper in next week's showdown against the Crows, Port Chairman David Koch released 
uh, a statement via the club's website on Wednesday night declaring the AFL is yet to confirm whether or not uh, they can don their prison bar kit in the Round 8 clash. It is alleged that the AFL and Port Adelaide and Collingwood signed an agreement many years back the power could wear their prison bar jumper only during the Heritage Round, which ceased to exist in 2008 and their 150th anniversary season in 2020. Kosh just declared that the club only wishes to wear the Guernsey in showdowns to pay homage uh, to their history. Now, I don't know about you, but this is driving me nuts. This keeps just coming out of nowhere, and I'm just sick. I just want this to be put to bed. Uh, it was. Uh, I watched a bit of Footy Classified last night, and that was just cringy to watch. <laughs> to say the least. I don't know about you, but I'm over this. So what are your thoughts, you two? I, I, as I said, as you said, it's just gone to the point where we don't care anymore. Like, let them wear it. I don't care. Like, it's, it's a Guernsey. Just let them wear it. Um, I mean, I don't like Poel, don't get me wrong, but I don't care what they wear, to be honest. I think it's fine what they're doing. If they're going to lose premiership points over a jersey. I think that's just ridiculous to me. Like, just let it go. It's Eddie's fault. I blame Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with you there. I just, I don't understand why Collingwood are so upset, given that they're not even going to play it when Collingwood, like, against Collingwood. It's just stupid. I mean, I thought I thought I love Heritage Guernsey. Whenever Heritage Guernsey comes out, I'm kind of jealous that the Tigers don't have one that exact same week. But um, just so I mean, the more merch, the better. I think we should all move. All clubs should move to having more Guernseys to play against, just in case of clashes and stuff. Because look at the Anzac Day Guernseys the other week. That was abysmal. How similar those two Guernseys oh, were. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, just let them play in it. Yeah, I I think it's utterly ridiculous. And if it's just going to be one game in Adelaide against Adelaide. No one's going to get confused. There's no... I know they're going on about trademark issues. Everyone knows that's Port Adelaide and not Collingwood for a start. And if you look over overseas and you've you got the Premier League, each team has got, you know, three different... four or five different kits, you know, and they share similar colours. I mean, uh, I know that... Uh, I think it's... Was it Everton's got a red one that's orange-red? It's kind of Liverpooly. I mean, they all share the colours. It's no one's not no one's going to be confused with which team is on the field. It's just a blow up of nothing. It's just hard ons and egos. It's yeah. <laughs> just over it. <laughs> I don't I mean, want to hear it again. Will, again. Hopefully, yeah, by the yeah. end of the year. I know they're saying it's going to go to court, and God knows, but who cares? Yeah, no, going down a bit. No one, no one really cares. Uh, well, on that note, we are going to get to our first song. Uh, we're going to come back and talk about some basketball. Um, we've got footy coming up soon, the Premier League, Champions League, all of that and more on the sports desk on your Friday morning. And this is a brand new song from Weezer. It's called I Need Some of That right here on Sin on the sports desk. Weezer, I need some of that on the sports desk on your Friday morning. And it's time to talk some basketball. All right, Jay, take us the round ahead uh, of NBA this weekend. Yeah, I mean, um, today we've got Dallas and Detroit, Brooklyn, Pacers, Bucks, Rockets, Warriors and the Wolves, Raptors and the Nuggets, and the Pelicans and the Thunder. Um, Also just want to quickly touch on Philly and Brooklyn have locked away playoff spots already, and so have Utah, I believe. So Mm -hmm. um, I think we've got about... 10 or so games left for most teams. 
um, before we start going to playoff phase. So this is where it gets really down to the pointy end in the NBA where teams start to push. Um, they've got the playing games as well that's going to happen, I think, um, to determine the like, ape seed. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's really heating up. Uh, Jack, I know you're a bit of an NBA fan yourself. Um, how are you finding it so far? I mean, I've, I've been loving it recently. Um, I think a lot of the playoff teams are really coming into their own. I mean, you mentioned Utah, Brooklyn, Philly, but uh, Phoenix and the Clippers are both a game away as well from yeah. um, clinching a berth. And we all know the classic teams that will make it. I mean, Milwaukee's going to be a few games behind, but they'll be there and... I mean, when, when LeBron's healthy, the Lakers will definitely be in serious contention for the championship. Um, it's the best time of the year just before the playoffs and the teams start getting angry and the teams that aren't going to make it, you, they just look awful on the, on the field. But then the teams that are going to make it, you just think, oh, how good is this going to be when they... And finding out the matchups for the first time is just awesome. Yeah. It's like Christmas. Yeah. Um, who is your MVP at this stage? Oh, well, I know who I want it to be and I know who it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be, um, I don't think anyone can touch Nikola Jokic now. I think he's doing too much and I think, oh, good on him. I've loved him for years. I mean, uh, but I think he's got it in the bag now. Um, it's just a shame that um, Luca and Curry are both making these last minute MVP yeah. pushes, but they're slightly too late, I think. Um, I mean, Luca's fought like on a nearly a 40 point triple double over the past two weeks and Curry's got 85 triples in April. I just think um, it's all too little too late though. Yeah. Especially that placing as well. Golden State. Mm. Yeah. Um, Nuggets though. They're weaving without Jamal Murray. It just means Jokic just got to step up a bit more, but he's, he's just a he's doing it. double. Yeah. So can't argue with that. I'm a Denver yeah. fan myself. So. I'm liking that. Oh, you know. Oh, there you go. Well, eh? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who sort of pulls out. I think uh, what's really been impressive is the Knicks as well. They've sort of come out of nowhere, that big streak. Yeah, finally, oh. we're alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've come alive, the Knicks, after a long spell of disappointment. Was so it eight or nine games in a row? Yeah. Yep. They're currently fourth, 35-28. So they're, they're looking real good at the moment. Yeah, they, could... they are. I, I was surprised. I had a look at the standings the other day. And I, I knew the Knicks were in contention, but I didn't think that they were that high. I was like, Christ. Yeah, it's a massive streak they've gone. I reckon they'll yeah. almost clinch fourth. They, I doubt they'll get to third. Fourth is good enough for them, though. Yeah. Julius Randle's an absolute gun, so yeah, carrying the load. Oh, yeah, he's a jet. But, yeah, um, Miami's been disappointing. I, I don't really... I guess they've dropped off a bit, um, as well as um, the, Clip, uh, the Lakers, which is understandable. No, LeBron Davis has sort of worked his way back in from injury. Mm. Portland, uh, if you for me, I don't know how they'll sort of fare. If they even make the playoffs, I don't know if they'll fare too well. Been very yeah. consistent for me. And, um, yeah, Bulls were up there as well at one point, and they've dropped off as well. So you can't really base season form. Anything can happen in the playoffs. So... I'm hoping the Knicks do well. That's all I think would be great to see. Yeah, so, I, I completely agree. Um, my two surprise teams have been um, Memphis and Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how well they'll fare in the playoffs because I, I think both, I think especially Memphis, they're way too young as a team. I think Ja Morant is close, but I don't think he's there yet to be a superstar. Um, 
carry us through the finals. Um, and I'm not Trey Young. He's touch and go, really. We all know um, that a few years ago there was him versus Luca, but it's clear that now Luca is the top dog there. And I think Trey Young has just become a bit too inconsistent to be dominant in finals. Yeah, I agree. So what's both your game of the round this weekend? Let's have a look. So I, I'm trying to think because um, it's just, I guess, like about playoff standings at this point. Like you want teams to – some teams are going to give players less minutes so they're more fresh for playoffs. Yeah. Um, especially like Philly, I think, yesterday they had Simmons and Curry had good starts and they sort of limited their minutes. Um so you're already seeing teams manage them now. They've locked their playoff spot. Philly, they're probably going to be giving guys less minutes and getting the bench a bit more minutes for the playoffs. Yeah. So. They've even they've nearly locked up number two spot as well. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody, Milwaukee will be hard to catch them then. Yeah. Um, I've got my team, my game of the weekend is going to be um, Dallas Washington. Yeah. I think um, both teams are well. Dallas is sitting in sixth right now, and I think they'll push. The Lakers, given that LeBron's not back yet, so they want to. I think they'll want to jump to fifth there. I mean, you'd much rather be playing um, Denver than um, the Clippers in the first round, especially if you're um, Luka Doncic, because we all know what happened last year. Um, and also um, Washington, I think they can have one last push to try and make it in the play playing games. And I think, uh, well, as we saw on Thursday, Russell Westbrook is hungry to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, he's, again, a walking triple-double, that guy. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's going to be interesting. Suns and Jazz are playing Saturday. First versus second. They're sort of having a bit of an arm wrestle at the moment for that top seed. So this one could almost determine maybe who gets the top seed. I think I still think Utah are the team to hold it, but Phoenix have been there. Very impressive this season with Chris Paul coming in. It's really made a big difference for them. Yeah, he, he's just he's getting finer with age, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's racking up assists. He doesn't have to score much; just has to facilitate pretty much. Yeah. So he knows his job and he's doing it very well. Exactly. Okay. Well, we look forward to an exciting round of the NBA, and we close get ever closer to the playoffs. Up next, we got the footy. Uh, All that and more on the Sports Desk on your Friday morning. This is The Strokes uh, with Machu Picchu on your Friday morning on the Sports Desk. The Strokes, Machu Picchu on the Sports Desk on your Friday morning. And it's round seven of the AFL. Excited to kick it off tonight uh, at 7.50 from the MCG. Big clash between the Richmond Tigers and the Western Bulldogs uh, boys, two Tigers mans with me, uh, and after a disappointing couple of weeks uh, for the Premiers, uh, it's exciting to see some new teams come up uh, from below the table, but they've been really giving you a challenge uh, going down to uh, Melbourne last week, bit of an arm wrestle there, uh, but Melbourne pretty much well, ran away with it in the end, and um, Bulldogs is, is the next big challenge for you guys, how do you think it's going to go? I'll start off with you, Jay. Yeah, it'll be interesting, obviously. Um, a bit of an injury blows. Dusty with a concussion rule has to go out and Lambert's out with a calf. So it's brought a new opportunity for Riley Collier-Dawkins, which I'm excited to see. Um, I've been wanting him to play for ever since he got drafted. So from the final years go, it's good. Um, obviously, we don't know the full team at the time of recording this, but I'm hoping Patrick Nash as well makes uh, potential 
inclusion because, again, he's another player that has potential. He's out of contract this year. So if we're not giving him games, he's, you know, going to, you know, use his rights and go somewhere else if he wants to, so to get more opportunities. Um, but overall, I think we've got the dogs. We've got a chance against the dogs. We've always got a chance. Dunkley and English are out for them, which is big for them. Um, so I'll be interesting to see how we go in the midfield, particularly because of how good their midfield is, even without Dunkley. So I reckon that's going to where the game's won lost is in that midfield. Yeah. I mean, just Bontempelli, Trelaw, Dunkley, it just the list goes on how the depth of that midfield is amazing. It's probably the best midfield in the league right now. And clearly the ladder is showing that too. Um, yeah, you mentioned RCD. Um, I think um, it would be good to also see uh, big Jackie Ross get a full go mm. of it. He's been a me- medical sub the past few weeks, and I think he deserves um, to start on the ground. He'll probably, I mean, because Presti's out too. There's, we have uh, Richmond have so many outs. It would be good to see um, a few of the young guys get back in. I think that's a drawback of being so dominant is that we've had such consistently non-injured players for so long that a few of the younger guys don't get the chance but um here's their chance and they should take it with both hands okay tips um bulldogs been undefeated uh for six rounds now um i think this is going to be a really close contest i think it's going to be a little closer than uh was last week but uh i i just think yeah as you said the bulldogs midfield too strong um i can just see them keep rolling on big win at the g so the dogs for me jay I'll, I'll back him in. That's <laughs> all I can do. So hopefully it's better than last week. That's all I hope. Okay. And Jack? I'm the same, I think. Um, I think it'll be a closer than usual. I mean, the Bulldogs have always had a, um, a leg up against Richmond in the home and away um, rounds anyway. I mean, last I think for the past three or four years, they've beaten Richmond at Marvel, though. So this is the first time in a while that they've played at the G. So that could change things up. Okay, well, exciting. Looking forward to that. 7.50 tonight from the MCG. Tomorrow, though, um, big stakes for Collingwood. 145 uh, at the MCG against the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, they lost again, losing to uh, Essendon. Uh, ended up by four goals in the end in the Anzac Day clash. Uh, a lot of pressure on Buckley all week. Been non-stop talk about him. And then the Suns, uh, massive win uh, by 40 points over the young Sydney Swans who had a, a strong couple of weeks. Um, but they've settled back down the Swans. But uh, those were the two young teams in this competition that I think uh, have been uh, really massively... Hyped Sydney's academy has just been producing some amazing young guys, but Suns have been Suns have been building for um, to get back up uh, in the ladder for a few years now, and uh, definitely got some big talent. But big stakes for Collingwood this game. To me, <laughs> I think I'm going to tip the Suns in the up, an upset. I think Collingwood might lose at the G to the Suns. It's going to be massive if that happens. Um. I'm, I'm in complete agreement. I think um, what we've seen from the Suns recently is that they win these out-of-the-blue games. Nobody tipped the Suns last week against Sydney. They're winning some crazy games, but then they lose these kind of games, these with very winnable games, like Collingwood are down, um, and then they get smashed in these ones. And I think this is a real moment for Stuart Chu to go, you know what, I can coach this young side. Um, we're not going to be inconsistent. We're going to be consistent with where we are. 
Um, we'll win. We'll win some of the crazy games now and then, but we will win our winnable games. I think that's what needs to happen with Gold Coast to um, move forward in this league. Um, and yeah, and Buckley is desperate for a win, especially this game. I mean, if they lose <laughs> to Gold Coast at the G, you said it yourself. It's just going to be a shambles. He'll be. He'll be. He won't be back in a few weeks then. Wow. Okay. Jay. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. I think Gold Coast. Even though they don't play at the G much, this is as good opportunity as you can get. Bellingham, Collingwood, um, and they can really, you know, set up their season as well if they win this one. So, a lot of stakes for both teams. Okay, next to uh, Adelaide Oval, where Adelaide take on uh, the GWS Giants at two ten p.m. Uh, Giants, of course, going down uh, to Bulldogs last week, uh, and Adelaide in a close one, uh, but just just couldn't get the edge in uh, Tasmania. Uh, when they went down to Hawthorne. Um, interesting, I, I think pretty similar level playing field, both teams here. Giants have had a shocking start to the season. Their win win the other week, they won against Collingwood. Who was their other one? There was another big win. I can't remember who it was. Sydney. Sydney. Giants beat Sydney um, a week before. Ah, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. Um, so the, it's looking like they're starting to come out of the, the dear depths of the bottom of the ladder. Adelaide, I think, Pretty evenly matched. Uh, I think this is going to be a close one and only for the fact of it being uh, at home for Adelaide and the season they had last year, I think that just gives them an edge. But I think it'll be Adelaide in a close one. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. Um, I hope I hope it's Adelaide. I mean, GWS have been okay, but Adelaide, I'm enjoying their little... Um, and I love how good's text being number one in the common <laughs> ladder. That's just amazing. <laughs> so I hope they succeed with that. Um both teams have struggled. Well, I think the um, games last week proved that both teams have struggled with their back line. So I really hope it turns into a shootout. I mean, um, if Tex kicks 10 and Toby Green kicks 10, I'm a very, very happy man, no matter who wins it. Yeah, I think uh, Adelaide for me, just as you said, based on it being at home and Tex is in great form. So mm. equally Toby Green. So hopefully it is, a, it is a good game in Adelaide. Okay. Next to 4.35 at Marvel Stadium, St Kilda and Hawthorne. Uh, another, another close, evenly close match. Um, I think this is going to be a massive one. St Kilda, like GWS, have had a shocking few weeks. Uh, only a few weeks ago, they had that massive comeback against West Coast and then they got completely obliterated by Richmond the week after. It's just been strange. It was so much hype for them this season after making the finals last season. But yeah, very interesting one. I'm not, I'm not sure which way to lean here. I, I, th- I think St Kilda have to answer for themselves in this one. Uh, I know Hawthorne got a good team lifting win, but I think the Saints, for me, I, th- I think they've just got to answer this. Otherwise, they're in big trouble. Yeah, I think uh, the Saints, as you said, do need to bounce back. But I think, I mean, Hawthorne's been up and down as well this year. It's hard to read Hawthorne at the moment. Um, it was a very good win last week in Tassie, being down um, against Adelaide, pulling that back. So that might build confidence for them. I, I probably would be tipping them over St. Kilda. I just can't see St. Kilda bouncing back at the moment. I, I agree. I think um, what would really kill St. Kilda is if the Hawks do what they did last week. and that Well, they've done it twice already. I think they did it um, round one as well against um, Essendon. They were down by, what, 35 points at halftime and clawed back to win by less than a goal. Um, if that happens again this week, I, St. Kilda are done. There's no way they can bring... I mean, the Hawks... First half compared to their second half is it's a completely different football team out there. So um, I mean, whatever Clarko's doing at halftime, it's actually working. Yep, he's a he's a good coach. Uh, there's always that. <laughs> Next to 
Saturday night game, 7.25 at the Gabba. Brisbane Lions and Port Adelaide. Um, big fixture here. Potentially could be a final, this one. Brisbane coming off a win, so with Port Adelaide. Again, though, this this one's hard to pick. Uh, I think mainly just because it's going to be at the Gabba. Lions have been interesting. Uh, they've had a sloppy start to the year, but I, th- I feel like they're kind of finding real form now. Unfortunately, for, though, for Lockie Neal, um, he's out with an injury, so big loss for Brisbane there. Uh, and Port... Port showed that they were really pretty good last year, but uh, really putting a statement out this year as well. Um, so, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go against what I first initially thought. I'm going to go with Port. <laughs> um, I think I agree with you there. Um, looking at um, Brisbane's six games so far, they haven't beaten a serious contender yet. I mean, they I think they've been Carlton and like other teams who are pretty low on the ladder. And they've lost to the Bulldogs, Sydney, and Geelong. I think um, I think they need to prove that they can actually beat a top eight, top four team. And I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen for them. I think they're gonna um, collapse against Port, especially with no Lockie Neal. I mean, Dane Zorko made comments saying we're not a Lockie Neal run midfield, but they absolutely are. So <laughs> we'll see how things go. Might be a point of difference and just go Brisbane. Just. It's at home. They've got a lot to play for. They've got to bounce back, respond without Lockie Neal. I think they can do it. Give them a chance. Fair enough. I'll, I'll can I add on that quickly that um, Port Adelaide haven't won at the Gabba against Brisbane in four years. Really? So, wow. um, yeah, okay. see how that goes. Well, we look forward to that. Uh, the other Saturday night game, uh, 7.25 uh, from the SCG, Swans and Geelong. Uh, I reckon this is going to be absolutely massive. Uh, Geelong... Crazy win over the West Coast Eagles, uh, who might as well have not even turned on the plane to, to come over this side because, oh, my God, that was a woeful performance. Uh, Geelong have been crying for weeks to try and, try and get their game back, and they played a quick-style game last week. I, no- I noticed they've been criticised of being too slow, but last week they were fit and they were on fire, uh, and it was good to see Jeremy Cameron actually out there for them uh, for the first time this season. Uh, the Swans, uh, young side, they proved themselves against a few big teams already. Um, but I think just the tiredness of the young guys have come down, um, losing to uh, another young, fiery Swans, as uh, a Sun side. I don't take the Swans out of this one. Uh, them at home at the SCG, um, big props to them there. Uh, this is a real tough one. Um, oh, I don't know how to pick. Um, I'll I'll pick them. Okay. I think Geelong are going to smash Sydney. From really? Um, wow. Yeah. Well, okay. Sydney's last two games have been Gold Coast and GWS, and they lost to them. Like that's two very winnable games for a team that's supposed to be in the top four this year. I mean, it's it happens a lot actually. A team comes out firing. A really young team usually they win their first couple, then they just collapse. I mean, last week Geelong demolished West Coast by ninety-seven. There's no way a team that's lost to G, um, GWS and um, Gold Coast are going to come and beat Geelong. It's just not going to happen. Fair yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think Sydney have just peaked a bit early and now they mm. can't really find their feet at the moment. So, yeah, I don't see them getting this one as well. I think Geelong finally found their rhythm a bit after last week and they'll bounce to two wins in a row. All right. Well, I'm going to say Geelong, but I'm just going to say just... None of smashing. I'm going to say just. Okay, Sunday we start off with North Melbourne and Melbourne. One ten p.m. 
uh, in Tasmania, Blundstone Arena. Guess who makes his debut for Melbourne? Big Benny Brown. Uh, I called this last week. I said, uh, I've got a North Melbourne uh, supporter, mate, and I said, they're going to play him against you. You know that, right? And, <laughs> and lo and behold, he uh, is going to make his debut for Melbourne. Uh, I reckon he's going to have a massive game. Although, in saying that, I did say to my North Melbourne mate, uh, it's interesting, they are six wins in a row, uh, but it's always scary when you get a big, long uh, run of wins, uh, potentially with big team, high-stakes teams, and then you play one of the low ones. And if you're not in the right mindset, you could let that slip. I'm not willing to tip them, (laughs) but the potential is there um, that maybe North might get their first win especially down there, um, but I'm not brave enough to tip it. Um, and I, I think Ben Brown will do well. I reckon he'll kick three or four. So I'm going to say Melbourne, um, but it's not going to be Melbourne's greatest win. Yeah, I think I think it could be closer than people think. I just think North are obviously the Adelaide of last year now, so it's just about when <laughs> it's going to come. It literally could come in any week. You just don't know when mm. it could come. So I'll still tip Melbourne, but... I would not be surprised if uh, North get their first win. Um, I agree. I think it'll. I think North will give them a fright, but I don't think um, Melbourne will lose because um, I read that um, no undefeated team has ever lost to a winless side this far into a season, and I don't think North Melbourne are the winless side to finally change that rule. They don't look. They're not looking good. They're looking a bit slow. Um, with Ben Brown, though, I'm not sure you'll have a great game, but I'm um, I'm keen. To see, it'll be funny. I think it'll be quite <laughs> enjoyable. I think it's gonna put a smile on my face watching him run out there in D's colours instead of North Melbourne colours. Yeah, definitely will be a spectacle. Okay, next game, three twenty from the MCG. Whew, big one for me. Essendon <laughs> and Carlton. Um, big rivalry between these two. Plenty of history. Carlton are in a real spot now where they need to scrap a win up. Our wins have been Fremantle and Gold Coast and and not really two high-stakes teams. So this is one of the mid-range teams that I think uh, we need to win uh, and really stamp our foot on this season because otherwise finals chances are going to fly away for, forever. Well, not forever, but for this season. And more for my sake, I, I just... I can't stand Essendon, and if there's, well, there's two teams I want to win all year, and it's Collingwood and Essendon, and they've pretty much been our grand final for a couple of years. Um, God, I can't tip against, I can't tip against the Blues. We've we've had an interesting week. Uh, our president Mark Lejudice has announced he's finishing at the end of the season. There's been a lot of talk in the media for the last two weeks. Uh, Brisbane's game was interesting. It was much better than the Port Adelaide game, um, but that second quarter pretty much killed the game for us um, and, again, missed opportunities. I think Eddie had about three shots that he should have just put away. Um, and So th- the effort was there last week. It was just we didn't take the opportunities and uh, the second quarter was woeful. Um, but Essendon, they had a great win against um, Collingwood on Anzac Day. Big, big rivalry game for them as well, so... Uh, they look pretty interesting, up and down season for them as well. Um, but God, I hope Carlton can get this done. I think Essendon's big win, especially in Anzac Day game, I think they're going to have a lot of momentum, which Carlton are going to have to figure out a way to stop. And um, you mentioned Eddie. It's almost sacrilegious to say, but um, is it time he gets dropped? I know that hurts me to say because we all love Eddie. No matter what team he plays on, Eddie's just 
the absolute fan favourite. Nobody hates Eddie, but he looked really slow and he looked his age last week. And um, it'll be interesting to see what they do at selection time for him. Silvani is due to come back in. Um, mm. But I'd say maybe when Fisher's ready to come back, which is still a couple of weeks off, maybe that might be the question that they're asking. It's uh, just a shame. Cause it is, it is. Especially last year when... Um, he couldn't play in front of the fans. This is the first time we've seen him play for the club uh, in the flesh for a long time. So, Yeah, very true, very true. Um, so who's your tip? Oh, I think Essendon are going to win, and I think Darcy Parrish is going to have another All-Australian game. I think he looked awesome last week, and I think um, he's going to dominate again, sadly. Okay, Joe. Yeah, sorry, Sam. I think <laughs> <laughs> after last week, you're good. Don't know about the Blues, mate. Sorry. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going along with two Bombers Sports Desk alumni, so <laughs> maybe a hard train home. <laughs> um, next to the Eagles, the big uh, Derby, Derby, what do they call over? The big Derby. Yeah, Derby, the Western Derby. Derby 23, I think it is. Uh, the Eagles, or 24. I think it's more, way more than that. I'm pretty sure it's like 50. Oh, <laughs> okay. I thought I heard someone. Okay, we'll have to fact check that. <laughs> Eagles and the Dockers, of course, 440 from Optus Stadium. I think West Coast really have to answer for themselves after that shellacking from Geelong last week. Um, just dismal. 97 points. You don't see that very often um, on a, a, a side that I still think will play finals. It's just um, they've just got to put, put that away and put that behind them and come out and show. Uh, Fremantle had a few wins. Uh, 51 points over North, so, I mean, it is North. Um but I, th- I think the Eagles are just going to come out and put on a show. I just like to point out how good Mundy's playing right now. He's oh. got another three goals and 30 against him. And that was against North. He's Fine like wine. 36 years. No, 35, 36, 35, 35. I think. Yeah. 35 years old. And he's maybe even a smoky for the Brownlow the way he's playing. If they get a few more, <laughs> you never know. If you want a smoky, he's looking the goods at the moment. Um, and then, mm. you know, you've got Sarong, Brayshaw, Fife. I mean, it's a pretty good team. It's just a young team. That's the only problem. So I reckon they'll give uh, West Coast a run for their money here. I'm going to be tipping Fremantle for this one. I actually think I agree because um, for the past few years, West Coast have been the dominant Western Australian side, but it feels like this year they've kind of evened up a little bit, especially with the smashing last week. Um, it is Western Derby 52. 52. Okay, what the hell am I saying? <laughs> the head-to-head is um, West Coast 31, Fremantle 20. But um, interestingly... Um, since 2000, so for the part of this millennia, um, it's 19 all. So we're going to have a new winner for this. Yeah, wow. it should be good. And um, High stakes. David Mundy, we're speaking about him. I think he's going to have a huge one. He also moves to second and all-time derbies played after this game, and he'll be only behind the great Matthew Pavlich. And fans back in the stands, we hope? Yeah, let's hope. Okay, well, plenty more to get through. Uh, on the sports desk, Champions League, Premier League, all that and more. And it's time for some Royal Blood now on your Friday morning on the sports desk. Limbo, Royal Blood on the sports desk on your Friday morning. And it's time for some Champions League. And what a big, big semi-finals uh, yesterday and uh, Wednesday, of course. Uh, two massive games. Uh, we'll start with the first one. Uh, Man City. Going over the top from behind, 2-1 over PSG. Uh, goal for Kevin De Bruyne um, and Riyad Mahrez. Uh, Marquinhos, 
did I pronounce that right? Is it Marquinhos? I think I'm close. <laughs> um, what a big game. Jay, did you see the highlights from that game? I did. I, um, you must have been happy, obviously. Um, <laughs> yep. Kevin De Bruyne, that, his first attempt when he did that bicycle, I was like, geez, he's, he's on, I reckon. And then that second one where he just crossed it and it just went through, like, you know he wasn't meaning to do that. I mean, I don't no. know if you agree with me, but there's no way he meant to actually shoot. It was just a cross and then went in for goal. And then Mares, obviously, from the free kick, it looked like Kevin De Bruyne was going to take it. And then he's just come out and surprised him, I think. And uh, there you go. That's your chocolates right there. Two goals yep. away from home. And Sammy is as good as he can get. First half, um, I was a little worried after that first goal went in. Um, PSG were pretty much controlling the ball a lot of that half. Um, and then it wasn't until the last 15 minutes of the first half that we started to put our game together. Uh, and then second half, we looked all right. And then once we got that first one in, um, it was on. It yep. was on. Um, and massive win for the club. As you say, two away goals. Massive yep. uh, in this semi-final. I look forward to the next leg of that. The other game, of course, from that uh, was Real Madrid and Chelsea ended 1-1 with one uh, goal for Chelsea. Christian Pulisic... Uh, and Kareem Benzema for Real Madrid to draw it up. Um, but a win, though, for, I reckon, for Chelsea to get an away goal like that um, for them as well. So interesting. Both uh, games next week, Man City at 5am versus PSG on Wednesday and Thursday, Chelsea uh, play at Real Madrid at 5am. How did you see those games? Did you see the highlights, Jack? I did. I saw some of them. Um, I thought, especially the Man City one, after that initial goal by PSG, you just you guys held on to the ball. What I noticed, there was just so much. Um, you just controlled it. I mean, the, the amount of um, passing you did, you just I, I just couldn't believe how PSG weren't coming after you as much as they should have. I thought. I mean, the dominance of possession was all Man City. The, most of that second half. Yep. Uh, I just hadn't seen them play like that uh, in a mm. long time. And usually in the past, the Champions League finals uh, that we have played, and it hasn't been semis, um, uh, been the quarterfinal that we last bowed out in, uh, we haven't played them very well. I think maybe with the Premier League being locked away this season already uh, has helped get help keep us focused on uh, uh, the Champions League. And wow, if we can beat PSG, I'd... So it's still interesting, though, that it's not over. It's still a second leg. It, crazy things can happen. But look forward to them next week. Uh, did you see the Chelsea game? Saw highlights. Yep. Um, I don't... I mean, it was it was a good game, but um, it sets up for a second leg that will be really interesting, I think. Obviously, Chelsea got that away goal, which is handy for them. I mean, the both of the goals came pretty early, so... Um, I'm, I'm not sure who's going to win. I mean, Real Madrid now have to travel... Over to Stanford Bridge. Be interesting to see if they can uh, pull this one out. I think I'm going to be tipping Real Madrid in an upset, I guess, um, over Chelsea. I just think they'll find a way. They always seem to find a way, Real Madrid. Um, they've got such a good Champions League record. So I think they'll get it done here against Chelsea. I, I completely agree with everything you just said. I think uh, Real Madrid will do what they usually do and um, win, really. So, And that'll be it. Yep, I think so. And hopefully on the other side, Man City can get that done as well. Uh, but still very interesting. So that's Wednesday 
and Thursday next week uh, on Optus Sport at 5am. So crazy stuff. Look forward to that one. Uh, and quickly now through the Premier League. Now, we are running short for time, so just the big fixtures we'll go through. We'll start with uh, well, Crystal Palace and Man City, 9.30. Um, uh, and that, in conjunction with the Liverpool-Man United game, can give us the title uh, and win it for us this weekend. So if Liverpool get the points over Man United... Although, I'm not sure if I want that to happen yet. I don't want that to be a distraction midweek. <laughs> uh, so, that yeah, Saturday... Uh, 9.30pm, that's the early one. Crystal Palace have had a disappointing season for me, I think. Uh, Started off pretty well, um, but then just kind of throw it all away. But I think that's an easy win for City. City there, guys think? Yep, City. Yep, Yep, easy City. Uh, Brighton play Leeds uh, Sunday, 12am. Leeds have been impressive in their first season. I think they should uh, keep the ball rolling with that one. Brighton... Uh, of course, disappointing for them. Um, uh, close to the bottom, but not in the relegation zone. They gave up their two Aussie players. I think that didn't help their situation. Chelsea play Fulham Sunday 2.30. Everton play Aston Villa Sunday 5am. I reckon that would be a good game. Newcastle and Arsenal Sunday 11pm. Uh, Man United, Liverpool, the big one, Monday 1.30. Tottenham and Sheffield United 4.15am Monday West Brom and Wolves, Tuesday, 3 a.m. Burnley and West Ham, Tuesday, 5.15. And I think the one off the top I missed, Southampton and Leicester City, 5 a.m. That big fixture, they uh, had that that was the 9-0 <laughs> last season yeah. uh, that we could, oh, I think, Southampton don't want to remember. Um, but what are some big standout games from that week from you, for you? I think it's um, the Man United and the Bull game is definitely going to be the game to watch. It's the one I'm going to tune into. Yep. Um, Man United won't want Man City to have a bit of have all the glory, so I think um, they'll go after them. But then I think, on the same vein, Liverpool will be unhappy, and I think um, I think Liverpool are going to win it. Yeah, they've been struggling the last couple of weeks, Liverpool. So they'll mm. want to get uh, up on their rivals. Yeah, uh, I agree. But but it will be a close battle, Jay. Yeah, I think um, Liverpool. I think Liverpool will bounce back. And take out Man United here. Uh, And now on to the A-League. Now at the time of recording, we don't know the results of last night's game, um, which we hope ends up well. Actually, Jack, who do you go for? I'm a victory man, sadly. Oh, so, um, okay. It hasn't been a great year, so I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not the greatest of starts. Um, probably no. the worst in the last... In in victory's whole career the last two yeah. years. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's just been terrible, hasn't it? It's been hard to watch. Um, looking slow, lethargic. There is a positive, though. Last week, though, um, new coach. Whoa, that was a whopper of a game. I didn't watch it, but I had score notifications on. And bang, mm. <laughs> 5-4, I could not believe that. Although, I didn't see it, but from looking that uh, Western Sydney got three goals in a row, it looked like after five goals, they could have uh, got um, some points from that game, which would have been yeah. disappointing for you from you, for you guys. So. Yeah. 
Interesting, though. Well, we continue the round Friday, uh, 7.35 p.m. tonight. Uh, Adelaide United and Western, Uni- Western United. Uh, Western United finally back in the six. Uh, been climbing back up. That at Cooper Stadium. Interesting battle, that one. Crucial wins, though. It's going to be a tight finish uh, for the top six. So uh, I think that one's going to be a draw for me. What about you guys? I'm going to Western United for me. I was going to say draw, too. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to amount to much. Okay, Perth Glory and MacArthur FC. Perth have been struggling of recently and uh, good signs from MacArthur uh, FC. Perth have that at home now. I don't know if MacArthur have played a fixture in Perth yet, so that'll be interesting. Uh, that's 3.05 on Saturday. I'm going to say MacArthur and upset. Yep, MacArthur for me as well. I'm, I'm fully on the MacArthur train, so let's do it. Brisbane Raw and Wellington, uh, Saturday 5.05. Brisbane getting back into form. Good to see them getting a couple of wins. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers uh, and Sydney FC, Saturday 7.10. Big, big derby, the Sydney derby. Uh, this is a term for Western Sydney to have at their home. Interesting, Sydney, Sydney starting to get control back um, and probably might finish up higher than they are now. Uh, closer to the top, Central Coast have kind of fell away a bit, so um, leaves a spot up for them. Although Western Sydney had a big fight back against Victory, didn't get the points though, but um, always big in a Sydney derby. I think Sydney FC for me. Yeah, Sydney for me. No, I'm going to go against the grain. I love an upset, and I think uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, they'll be hungry after their tight loss, a game they probably should have won if it went longer. So let's see if Western Sydney get up. Okay, and victory and Central Coast Mariners. Sure, Central Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, Melbourne victory, they're looking hot. I I think it's going to be our Central Coast. Really? Okay. I'm going to tip victory, which I've never done all season. (laughs) I'm going to tip victory. Um, I think Central Coast might be, I don't know, can they stabilise and get through? Victory, new coach, new possibilities, who knows? (laughs) and that rounds out the show for the sports desk this friday uh got an amazing round of sport ahead this weekend as always we look forward to it um you can catch the show next week uh i think we'll be back in the studio live on your radio so that's going to be very exciting uh and of course you can catch the other sports desk teams on monday and wednesday and you can catch the podcast and follow our social media it's been fantastic um, thank you, Jay, and thank you, Jack. Thank you, Sam. Thank you very much. This is Sin, where young people run the show.